Kamenetsky brothers, Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky, and the man, you you think it's safe to go to bed, Andy? And you know, it's a rare Friday night, nothing going on. I don't have any deadlines, no work to do. It all all seems quiet on the NBA front. <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna go to bed. And all of a sudden, you know, the kid wakes me up at three o'clock for a glass of lemonade. And I touch my phone. I like nineteen alerts have come up, and well, that was the end of my night, dude. I, it was really apropos because I was awake when this news broke, Brian, and I was watching Stranger Things, catching up on season two in preparation for the upcoming season three. Right, and all of a sudden, it breaks that Kawhi Leonard chooses the Clippers, and will now have Paul George as his running mate who forced a trade to the Clippers, which is essentially the NBA version of the upside down. Yeah, it was the whole thing was was unusual. Yes, I least. mean literally this was this was us living in the basketball upside down. The idea that the Clippers are having all these power moves made on their behalf. And so they're they're basically an eight seven 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 ten ESPN is the number. Om Young Masuk covers the Lakers in the NBA coming up in about fifteen minutes. Uh, Bill Orham in the two o'clock hour. Um, they're like they're basically three things I think that are are really important to talk about today, and I, I people can call in and we'll cover it as well. What happened? And what, did the Lakers do the right thing in pursuing Kawhi Leonard? And and you know, free agency kind of rolls by, and the Lakers have recovered some with Danny Green and uh, Demarcus Cousins. They made some moves today. Um, where do the Lakers stand right now with those moves? Uh, how good a team are they? And where do they stand in the Western Conference? Because, man, the the last two weeks or so have totally turned the conference over. So a ton to talk about between now and 4 o'clock. But let's start with that question of whether or not, Andy, they, they did the right thing. I've seen a lot of Lakers fans talking about how they got played and this and that. One. I don't buy any of that. I think Kawhi Leonard had real interest in joining the Lakers. I think he was probably fairly close to joining the Lakers. And if the Clippers don't come through with this deal, there's a there's a, a reasonable chance that he's on the Lakers instead of the Clippers. And if that guy, who is probably the best player in the NBA right now, who can actually play, if he says he wants to be on your team or is thinking about it, you have to let him make that choice. It, it comes down to how you define played. Like, if you're saying that the Lakers got leveraged by the Clippers in terms of Kawhi getting what he wanted, the answer is yes. But that's just part of negotiation. You're always playing teams against each other to try to get the most of what well, you what want. It means is, no matter where right, you want to go. What it means go. is the Lakers were not his first choice. Right. But but this is what's important. And this is the distinction to me that at least matters. Were they an actual choice? Were they a choice that Kawhi Leonard was willing to make at the end of the day? Or were they a distant third to the Clippers, or returning to the Raptors? If the answer is they were a legitimate choice, then I'm not going to fault the Lakers for doing this because, and Lord knows you and I have gotten on them a lot over the last several years for an unwillingness to actually just build a team. Just go get a team. Just go build a team, take the steps that the rest of the league have to do. But in this particular case, you're talking about adding a guy who, beyond, like you said, Brian, arguably the best player in the league, He's just entering his prime, meaning if you get Kawhi Leonard long-term, you're building for the now yeah, and, and for the future. And if you put together a team with LeBron James, Andy, Anthony Davis, and and uh, Kawhi Leonard, where, where, where LeBron maybe, I guess depending on how you feel about health and defense, LeBron James is your third best player? 
Like, that's your team? Yeah, you got to fill it out with minimum guys. And this, okay, I'm willing to do that. And there, until somebody reports to me that, um, reports to me directly but you know you start to see you know reports that they out really there got that they played. really got but like getting played means like you said Kawhi Leonard okay was here, never here's coming. the example and that's there's no evidence here's the example that I think everyone listening will understand because we went through this for decades Los Angeles was the leverage city around the NFL for all these different every, teams yeah, correct to get Good their example. new stadium and yeah, the absolutely. reality was until it was the Rams what I mean these teams were never going to be coming to L.A., but L.A. was a big enough threat that they could all get what they wanted. If it turns out that's what was going on with Kawhi, then, yeah, the Lakers didn't do enough due diligence to really be able to figure out, did he want to come? Yeah. But unless that's the case, no, just, I'm, I'm not going to fault them for it. I think it was when you start to go backwards on these things, and none of us know really what what's going on with Kawhi, and we may never really I think it was pretty clear that he wanted to be home. He wanted to be in Los Angeles. I think if you if you buy the reporting going back a whole year, Andy, I think it's pretty clear. He preferred the less noisy franchise. He preferred the Clippers over the Lakers. I don't think he wanted to be absorbed into the LeBron thing. I don't think LeBron did anything wrong. It's just, you know, it's not his jam. This is, Look, man, this is baked into the cake when it comes to playing with LeBron, when it comes to playing with Kobe. I mean, we covered those teams. Right. When it comes to playing for the Lakers. The Lakers are just inherently noisy. And if you're a guy like Kawhi Leonard who's come from the, the Spurs, who are not, you go to the Raptors, who are not, I don't care how much you try to stay away from that stuff, you can't do it with the Lakers, especially if your teammates are Anthony Davis and LeBron James. So, But I think it looks like he really wanted to be in Los Angeles. So... He was trying to give the Clippers a way to do that, but maybe that might have meant playing for the Lakers. So I don't have a problem with how the Lakers did this, and you know because again you have the option of trying to get if you have a thirty five percent chance at the best player in the world, you take that because that's in his the, prime in his in prime his because prime. that's going to be better than whatever you can spend thirty two yes. million dollars. There are opportunity costs, but no again, question, not- it's a risk. But what I think what's interesting about this is is just that there's, you know, Lakers fans aren't used to being a second choice, and they're certainly not used to being a second choice uh, behind the Clippers. Anthony in orange, though, uh, I think disagrees. Go ahead, Anthony. Yeah, um, I absolutely agree with everything you guys have been saying. I, uh, I've been listening to the whole show and really enjoy you guys. Uh, Thank you. But, uh, you know, as far as uh, Kawhi, no one's taken into effect that maybe he had the ulterior motive and, you know, was bringing the Lakers and Toronto along just so that way he could make sure they didn't spend the money differently. No, you know? See, I, I, I've heard that. Anthony, I've heard that theory, too. And and thanks for the call. And well, I was one of the people throwing around. <laughs> but I, just, I think that based on what people... Baselessly, I'm, I'm not it's the, fun. It's more fun that way. I'm not the one who's doing the reporting here. So, I mean, you know, when people I talk to who really are, I think that kind of sort of Machiavellian thing gives... Both it gives too much malice to uh, to Kawhi's people, but also a little too much credit for being like sophisticated Machiavellian manipulators. Like everybody who's covered this thing tells me that's not what they are. Well, also too, I mean, it doesn't take that much Machiavellian genius. Kawhi, if he's even moderately familiar with how the salary cap works, he's going to know that the Lakers can't make any moves anyway, right? Until they really of yeah, substance, until they know what he's doing. 
So by def, you don't even need to stretch this out. By definition, until he gives an answer, they're not doing anything. Right, the, and the Lakers, the, the Raptors had a decision to make in terms of, you know, how do we rebuild? What do we do in this, that, and whatever? But they were, this is something that they were preparing yes. for since last year. Like, this well, might happen. They already came out ahead on this They game. won a title. Yes. They're good. Um, you know, the Clippers were making sort of moves. And if they didn't get Kawhi, they were going to probably just roll their cap space over, make a trade, whatever it might be, and just go in with a competitive team. The Lakers... Yeah, they get hurt because they couldn't sign some of these other guys. Although they did get Danny Green and they picked up DeMarcus Cousins. And we'll get into a lot of that over the course of the next hour. Um, but yeah, the, the Lakers were going to be what they were. Like he wasn't hurting the Lakers in terms of how good they could be with him because the minute Kawhi signs, it's all minimum dudes after that. Um, I just, I just don't think they're a sophisticated enough operation or quite frankly, that petty. Like I don't know why they would be that malicious towards the Lakers other than you think it's just weakening competition it's the Western Conference and you want to weaken the competition I mean look I can see why you do it I mean this is a cutthroat business man and if you if you know that this is going to be a team you're going up against you want to try to weaken it I just again as much fun as it is for irresponsible people like me to toss it around I don't think it was actually happening um uh Steven in Highland Park you're on with the Kamenetsky brothers Yes, Kamenetskis. Yes, Stephen. I enjoy both of you. Thank, Thank you. you. We enjoy you. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm a Laker uh, um, fan since the Jerry West, Elgin Baylor era. So I've been in for the long haul, you know, through, through the, the good and the bad. To try to uh, get to my point and be as clear as I can, I believe that Laker management, and this is Jeannie Buss primarily, and Magic Johnson, since he is no longer part of management, but that I attribute this to the two of them, and that is that about three, uh, when, when Jeannie um, moved off of her brother and Mitch Kupchak, and when Jerry West left the Golden State Warriors, he came back to Los Angeles and has been the long-term part of the LA, the the Laker family, and a part of building. Right, and they had they had a chance potentially to bring him back, and they didn't. Um, the interest publicly in rejoining as a consultant, and when she brought on Magic Johnson, he could have brought Jerry West on board, and Jerry West would have been a part of the Lakers. Yeah, I mean, look, I and, and Stephen, thanks for the call. I, I know there are a lot of people out there who were like, Jerry West is, would have been great to have around. I don't have a problem with Jerry West. Jerry West didn't do this. The Clippers have a fantastic front office, a great GM, and they're run by Lawrence. Jerry West is a consultant over there. He's not running the things day to day. So, I mean, he's getting an, an enormous amount of credit. On, on social media today for closing this. I'm sure he was consulted. I'm sure he had an opinion. His presence, sure, his presence helps. His presence matters. Right. I'm sure he was probably very pro, let's get this done. And if you put Jerry West in a room with Kawhi Leonard's people, it's going to work. Um, I think, you know, the, the, the question of infrastructure with the Lakers is something we, we can get into. But I don't think this is another one of these Jerry West does it again kind of moments. I, I just feel like that gives the Clippers too little credit for what they were able to do. But you know, but the question of 
how should the Lakers be constructed is something that we can certainly get back into uh, over the course of the next two and a half hours. Eight seven 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 ten espn is the number. We'll take more of your calls reacting to uh, the end of the Kawhi Leonard saga. It's over. The Lakers are moving on. They have a team. Om Young Masuk, we'll talk about it next, covers the Lakers for ESPN. That's uh, coming up next. Kamenetsky Brothers, ESPN LA. All right. The, the, the saga is over, Andy. We've waited long enough. Kawhi Leonard has made his choice. He's going to the Clippers, and he's bringing Paul George with him. Uh, the Clippers pull off a massive trade uh, in which they send uh, Shea Gilgis, Alexander, and Danilo Gallinari, and a lot of first-round picks, uh, three of their own, I believe it is, and then one um, from Miami, plus some pick swaps. So basically, they did kind of what the Lakers did, Um a little more draft capital than Lakers give up. Fewer young players, but they did give up their the, the young player that they cared most about. They gave up a ton. It's not just for Paul George. Just it's for Paul say, George and Kawhi Leonard. I was just going to say, if you look at it as a deal for Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, you're still giving up a lot, but it doesn't feel as staggering. No, I mean it's it, and it's you do what you do. You right. do what you, same reason the Lakers. I'm just saying you really stuff. have to think about it as a trade for two guys, yep. not just for Paul George. All right, so uh, it, it really was was pretty. Uh, a gigantic seismic moment, you know, in, in a weekend full of earthquakes uh, in the NBA. Om Young Masuk, of course, covers the Lakers and the NBA for ESPN. Uh, Om, thanks for coming on. Uh, uh, do I need to go get Brooke Lopez to defend all the uh, anime lovers out there <laughs> who do love basketball? Yeah, Andy's taking. Andy was taking cheap shots at the anime people. Look, I just like look. a person can't dress up like like a cartoon <laughs> rabbit or something and still enjoy the NBA. All I said on Twitter at Cam Brothers, and I thought it was just sort of leave us alone, Andy. <laughs> just leave us alone. Just noting the irony, I said there's an anime fest going on at LA Live, meaning the entire place is now ironically me, flooded anime with the expo. Get it right. The only people in Los Angeles who have no idea what's going on with the Lakers and Clippers. These hundred tacos should sustain. And then, of course, people just start freaking out on Twitter, getting mad at me. And it's like, look, people, I realize there are folks out there who enjoy basketball and anime. Like, I'm familiar with the Lopez twins. Like, I mean, obviously, this exists. But, oh, my. Calm down. How big do you think the overlap in that Venn diagram really is? I mean. Let's be honest. Uh, you know what? Today, actually, I do think there. Are, listen, I, you're actually talking to one Asian that isn't that into anime. So, uh, but I would probably say that there are a lot of anime fans that do watch basketball today. Okay, I well, say that. well, Andy needs to have a little bit more of an open mind. I do think there's probably a lot of people there today that do know what happened last night and what's going on with Staples Center being the capital now of the basketball world. So what was your reaction when you saw this, Owen? Because, I mean, I think, you know, people, there was whispers, I guess, of the idea that, you know, the the the, the delay from Kawhi's camp might be about giving the Clippers space to make a deal, but this was a deal, you know? Let, let's put it this way. On a night when, you know, you had the earthquake that happened, not only here but also at Summer League in Las Vegas, and I am not a Californian, so I'm still getting used to these little earthquakes. I also have, there's a bat that is perched outside the door of my neighbor across my hallway. Those two things are the least craziest things that happened last night. <laughs> the Kawhi Leonard thing is the same. By the way, the bat is still out there. So every time I go out, I have to be a little careful. But, but anyways, like, I, 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 you know. I They're don't more know. afraid I, of you, Ohm, than you are of them. Just remember. Yeah. 
I, I unless they have rabies, then then I'd be in trouble. But uh, no, you know, like I, I think it's just it's unbelievable because we were hearing at first like, hey, the Lakers might actually have to delay this Anthony Davis trade on Saturday in order to accommodate Kawhi Leonard and kind of keep their cap space going and all that stuff. And then Ramona reported like just you know hours ago that 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 the Kawhi camp did kind of ask the Lakers, may we might have to push this back another day. But really, they were doing this the whole time to recruit Paul George. And if I'm the Lakers, I do kind of feel, and I'm not saying the Lakers feel this way, but if I were the Lakers, I would do. I would feel a little bit used in this whole process because, you know, you spent a week and you had to absolutely wait for Kawhi and see if there was a chance Kawhi could come. Absolutely, 100%. The Lakers did what they had to do. But you missed out on perhaps fortifying this roster and making it even stronger right. than what it is but now. But most of that. Rob credit. I give Rob credit. Rob has been Rob and his staff have done a tremendous job since everything went down last night to basically fill out the roster. I feel the roster is a little bit old, um, and they need some more younger legs. I like the Quinn Cook signing, but I, you got to move forward thinking that LeBron James and Anthony Davis are not going to play 82 games, maybe 70 games each. When they are out, who is going to carry the roster? A lot of that is going to fall on Kyle Kuzma, but a lot of these other vets, they are going to be, they're more positioned to help in the playoffs than they are to get through an 82 game season. So I, I like what the Lakers have done, but I feel like they could use more younger legs. And I want to ask about that when talking with Om Yomnis, who covers the Lakers for ESPN. The, the idea of the Lakers waiting this whole time for Kawhi and being used to some degree in terms of the negotiations with the Clippers, how real do you think Kawhi's interest was in joining the Lakers as an actual option? Clearly, the Clippers were his first choice, but do you think the Lakers were a real choice for him? Well, it's hard to fully know what's going on in Kawhi's head, but let's look at it from this standpoint. If the Clippers were not able to get a second star, is Kawhi Leonard still going to the Clippers? And, I mean, if you look at the reporting that Woj has done, um, it sounds like that Kawhi could have ended up with the Lakers and that the Clippers basically had had to kind of do what they could to block this from happening. Um, and that's why they gave up the haul of picks. I mean, it's amazing, right? Just a couple weeks ago, we were talking about how the Anthony Davis trade was a humongous haul for what they gave, and now the Clippers have set a new bar and I know what you're saying. You got to look at it as a two for one. But if you look at it from Oklahoma City standpoint, this is what they got for Paul George. So, you know, what are they going to be able to get for Russell Westbrook if they end up trading Russell Westbrook? But the Clippers kind of set a new standard for what you what a team can get for one of its all stars. It's it's quite in, quite incredible. But the Clippers had to do this, much like the Lakers had to do this with Anthony Davis. Yeah, I mean, the, the, I guess the good news from the Lakers standpoint, and we're talking to Om Young, who covers the Lakers for ESPN. Is that, you know, it's not like there was no slow drip of free agents kind of leaving the market. This was like by Thursday, oh, there's another one. Oh, there's another one. Within like seven hours, they were basically all gone. And because they were able to get Danny Green, um, who would would have, if you said, we're not going to get Kawhi, we're going to just go after people, Danny Green would have been on their day one list. So they got one of those dudes. Uh, it looks like they got cousins at the minimum. Um, it's really like the it's it's at guard, you know, where you're you're looking at Quinn Cook and Rajon Rondo as a point guard rotation, um, you know, with Alex Caruso thrown in. It's like they're thin in some other places, but they still have, if Pincus is right, at least 
like another nine to ten or eleven million dollars to spend. So, how good of a team do you think they are right now with the moves that they made uh, from AD and on? Well, because they have Anthony Davis and LeBron James and throwing Kyle Kuzma in there, they are an absolute title contender if those guys stay healthy. So, with all the other pieces around them, I do like their chances in the playoffs. You know, it just depends on like when they who they face in the playoffs. And obviously, I mean, the Clippers, here's the thing about the Clippers from last year. We all knew the Clippers were the better team. They played like a team. They had better chemistry. And, of course, um, now you add in Kawhi Leonard, who should fit in perfectly. Paul George, we have to see about his health and everything else um, and who takes the shots and all that stuff. They'll sort that out because it's Doc Rivers. I mean, on the Lakers side, you have to just wonder health-wise, age-wise, can they hold up? Chemistry-wise, we do have to see how this is going to form, too. I mean, Frank Vogel is a new head coach. He's got a new staff in place. they got to quickly learn each other. It's going to kind of feel a little bit like last season a little bit. Um, And then you just hope that the injuries don't come into play like it did last year. You hope that the Lakers can stay healthy and then get it all together come playoff time. But those are all the same things we kept saying about last year's Laker team, except for this year they're older and they have more veterans. And so I think if they can get to the playoffs healthy by then, I think they should be all right. I like their chances, especially if they can add another piece like Kyle Korver, who I heard that could be in play for the Lakers, or let's say, you know, another young big. They need another big. I I think they need more depth at size there because last year, remember the Lakers went in with not a lot of size, and they immediately had to scramble to go get Tyson Chandler. I kind of feel like they need another big body. What do you think is the biggest takeaway for the Laker front office moving forward in terms of, you know, this whole week and where they stand right now and what they look to do moving forward? Well, I mean, I think they did what they had to do, which was be in that Kawhi Leonard, you know, mix. And perhaps in the next, you know, couple weeks, we'll find out just how close they were or maybe how not close they were to getting Kawhi Leonard. Um, But I think what you can look at what Rob Palenka has done and you can – you know, I think people have certainly shot their arrows at Rob Palenka since Magic stepped down on April 9th. Um, but what he's done, if you look at the big picture, he got Anthony Davis. Yeah, he had to give up a lot, but he got Anthony Davis. And then he filled the roster out with guys that he, he scrambled to get in the last, like, eight hours. And I think you, look, you can look and see that they had a plan. They've had scenarios, plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D. And they're going through with it. And so you look at the scene, they have some sort of plan. We just got to see how it's going to work and how it's going to look together because on paper it looks good right now. We just got to see chemistry-wise, once you get them in the court together, how it's all going to work. All right, Om Young Masuk, ESPN, covers the Lakers, covers the NBA, and he, like everyone else, has been very busy over the last 24 hours. Thanks for coming on, man. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. All right, 877-710-ESPN. We've talked a lot about uh, whether or not the Lakers did the right thing in waiting out Kawhi Leonard. Let's talk about what they've done since because the Lakers have made a ton of moves today to fill out the rest of the roster. We'll catch you up on that. We'll take more of your calls. Bill Orem from The Athletic coming up in 20 minutes. Kamenetsky Brothers, ESPN LA. 877-710-ESPN is the number. 877-710-ESPN. Your thoughts on everything that's happened since, you know, I guess the last 12 hours or so. 14 hours. I mean, if you went to bed early, you woke up to some news. Yeah. I mean, big news. This was nuts. And what I, I mean, think- just, just Kawhi choosing the Clippers in and of itself 
yeah. would have set the world on fire. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, within 30 seconds of each other, you get the news that Kawhi's choosing the Clippers and that Paul George, in cahoots with Kawhi, forced his right. way to the Clippers. They were cahooting, Andy. Yeah, I mean, that's nuts, man. I just, this free agency period was has been sold to us for like a year and a half. Nothing's ever going to be – nothing will ever be the same in the NBA and this and that, whatever. I don't think the people who said that thought it would be like this. Oh, no, 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 no. I we got our money's worth. I don't worth. think, like, if you, and I had a list of, like, players who changed teams after the first day of free agency while we were waiting uh, for, for Kawhi to figure this out. But, like, just the stars who changed teams. It's, uh, tell me if I'm forgetting, KD, Kawhi, Paul George, um, Kyrie Irving, Kemba Jimmy Walker, Butler, Kemba Walker, D'Angelo Russell, D'Angelo Russell, uh, Mike Conley, uh, DeMarcus Cousins is an all-star. He changed teams. Anthony Davis, you go back to that trade. He changed teams. Uh, these are just the all-star the only guys of note. Guys. The only guys of note who stayed put were Clay Thompson and Chris Middleton, the two guys everyone knew we're was going to stay put. put. So, That's I mean, it. Malcolm Brogdon moved teams. Like, this is a seismic... Bogdanovich. I mean, like, the, there was the, the so much movement. in the NBA over the last 10 days, and we'll, we'll definitely make, uh, take some time to talk about this, the shift in the NBA over the last two weeks has been remarkable. And, by, and because Great of the Canadian, for the league, so excited. This is the first year, and I realize the Warriors didn't win this year, but it's the first year where, at least in the Western Conference, you go, well, okay, if nobody gets hurt, that team's going to win. If nobody gets hurt, that team's no, going to win. On both sides, East it's and West, crazy. this is shaping up to be one of the most unpredictable and fun years in recent yeah, NBA it's history. It's going to be great. Um, let's go to Derek in uh, Granada Hills. And that is why we love basketball. Right? That's why we love basketball. It's not even basketball season. No! <laughs> and I woke up to the same messages, and even though I'm a Laker fan, longtime Laker fan, uh, I mean, I'm 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 happy. I'm happy he went to the Clippers uh, to have him go to the Lakers. I mean, you don't want another Warrior team in the NBA. You want the NBA what it is right now. I don't I know. Mean, I'd have been happy with Kawhi as a Laker, but I, I mean, you you can't go wrong if you get him. But at the same time, you don't know how all those personalities are going to go together. You you don't know. Yeah, you know, uh, they're two separate questions. I mean, like the the Laker. Thanks, thanks for the call. The Laker there. fan in me, or just the guy who. A lot of his livelihood is attached to the Lakers and wants it to be as comfortable as possible. Yeah. That guy wanted to see Kawhi with the Lakers. There is, though, a part of me that wanted to see him either with the Raptors or the Clippers just for the effect on the entire NBA, knowing that the Lakers still have pieces. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like, it's. There it's, is the, there is the, you know, the for sure. sure basketball fan in me wanted to see Kawhi somewhere else. The the part that's partisan towards the Lakers right. absolutely wanted and him also, to be a Laker. And it's another thing, too. It's like if you'd have told me, okay, Kawhi's going to go there and they'll get Paul George, but we'll get we'll give the Lakers a chance to start at the beginning of free agency and divide up that $32 million exactly how they would want to. Because now you're starting to look at it and, you know, what did they get Danny Green and we get some other guys. And, and you know, Danny Green is somebody they would have gotten, I think, wanted to go get anyway. A 40% career three-point shooter. Very good 45% defender. 45% last year. Yeah, he, had a, he had a very good year in Toronto. He had a great year. Um, bounced back after a couple off years. He does get hurt a lot. Of he's not perfect, but he's a good, really good player. Um, you know, players like that. But then after Danny Green... It's it's much more speculative, and they they still have some money to spend. Off. If you'd have told me at the beginning that they could form this team around Anthony Davis and LeBron James, like Laker fans are disappointed today, 
the team is built around Anthony Davis and LeBron James. It's still, even with Kawhi and Paul George, I think, still the best two-person pairing in the NBA. This one gets close. It's, I mean, Kawhi and Paul George really, is pretty really damn close. It really is a referendum close. on how good you think it's Paul George is. pretty close. But, but, you know, you could, you could still argue. The problem with the Clippers is obviously I think the rest of the roster is superior to the Lakers and it's more coherent and all that. But, like, that, it's not it's not like the Lakers are screwed. You know, they're, it's, it's, they're okay. They got Anthony Davis and, 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 and LeBron James. And Kyle Kuzma. There's just more. more there's more uncertainty right. with the Lakers than you would have wanted or mm-hmm. expected just two weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, Tucker in Santa Monica. You're on with Kamenetsky Brothers. Quick question. What do you think about a Jamal Crawford pickup? Well, oh. first of all, for our purposes. I, this, I, I, I hate this question because Jamal Crawford is one of my favorite people in the world. Mm-hmm. And we should all love our jobs as much as Jamal Crawford loves basketball. He just, I mean, he's an awesome person, too. Wonderful person, infectious guy to have a group. great in the locker room. One of the most popular teammates around the league you'll ever see. I don't love him on this team because he's he can't defend. I mean, by his own admission, he's he's not a great defender. Tucker, and thanks for the call. He's never a good defender. At this point, you know, he's put up fifty-one last year. No, he can still score. Jamal Crawford is going to, you know, he's the 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 day before he his funeral. He'll still be putting up buckets. Um, I just, I he's a high volume guy. He's not an efficient shooter. No, he is not. Um, you know, he's he's actually a much better passer than. I just no. I wouldn't object if you know because no. he's a minimum guy. You're he's a minimum a guy. Room. He's great in the locker room, and he's just. I mean, I want to talk basketball with the guy for a year, but no. I mean, no. I could I could be I mean, talked on the board. He actually had mentioned Trey Burke as another. Like, no, I'd rather have Jamal Crawford than I, Trey Burke. Trey Burke's a little uh, sort of a younger version of that. I would rather have the guy that I just I know more of what Jamal Crawford Trey is. Pretty good last year. In New York. I'd rather have Crawford. Um, I, I think Crawford is the more potentially explosive. If you're going to be putting the guy out there, I'd prefer the one that's more potentially ex- explosive. Yeah, I mean, but this this kind of gives, you, the problem, gives you an idea of where the Lakers are. It's the other problem, too, though, is the Lakers have so many potential defensive issues as it is. Adding another guy that is just a flat-out liability. I mean, right, you can't do it. Again, who is an awesome guy. We love, I mean, and selfishly. A selfishly. Still a good score. Still can carry you through a fourth quarter now, that you I will. Expect. Okay, speaking of old guys, though, that I would love for the Lakers to target and actually makes sense, Vince, Vince Carter. Carter. Yeah, I'd love that. I mean, he makes sense in terms of they need more wings. He's more of a small forward at this point. And also, selfishly, from our perspective, another I want to cover that guy. guy. Another guy I want around. Uh, but like, so to, just to bring it back up, and he's a be, he's a better outside shooter. So than the Jamal. Lakers in the, in the in the wake of losing out on Kawhi, they brought in Danny Green, two years and thirty million. That's, I think right down the middle for what Laker fans would hope. Um, they brought they're going to bring back Javale McGee, which is fine. Uh, they are bringing back Rajon Rondo at a minimum. They're bringing back uh, KCP. It looks like is it eight million per. Or eight million per? Is it eight million per two years? Yep, sixteen million. Good On the him. plus size, though, <laughs> plus side, it keeps going down. I, I like say. like by the time the Lakers sign KCP for the 2028 season, he'll be a league minimum guy. Like it, it just keeps going down every year. Right. Like every year, as Laker fans get more upset that they keep bringing back KCP, I, I, I can't. Like the money keeps going. I can't down. say I love that move because he was not particularly good last year. 
Um, I can't also say that I know they could have done significantly better with that money, keeping in mind that they're signing him into their own bird rights and cap space and all that kind of stuff, I think. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I got to wait until all this is sorted out. <laughs> I think I'm not. I'm just not making any promises here, people. Um, but Demarcus Cousins, at a minimum, is yes. a great low risk, high reward pickup. Where as 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 kind of inconsistent as he was last year, he still averaged sixteen and eight. Um, he's coming off, you know, the thigh injury shouldn't be a problem. The Achilles injury is going to have one more summer to train, and they don't need him to be particularly good until the second half of the year. My hope with Demarcus Cousins, and I have no idea if this is something they spoke with him about. I would love to see him play off the bench. I think it would be I think it would be mutually beneficial for both DeMarcus Cousins and the Lakers to play him off the bench. Yeah, and that 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 could happen. It's something we'll talk a lot about. And the Lakers, uh, according to Eric Pincus, I read on the way in, have another anywhere from nine to thirteen million, depending on how some of these things are structured. So there are a couple more players out there that they might be able to take a run at to continue improving the team. We'll talk about that and more with Bill Oram, who covers the Lakers for the Athletic. That's coming up next. Kamenetsky Brothers, ESPN LA. 877710ESPN is the number. The Lakers miss out on Kawhi Leonard. They, uh, the Clippers pick him up and Paul George in a blockbuster deal, uh, transactions last night. Uh, the Lakers are not in terrible shape, though. This is not the worst day in the world for Lakers fans. Uh, they are going to start the year with Anthony Davis and with LeBron James and, uh, you know, Kyle Kuzma. They picked up DeMarcus Cousins. They got some dudes. They signed Danny Green. So not all is lost. Uh, Bill Oram. He joins us right now, covers the Lakers for The Athletic, our colleague at The Athletic. Um, so I guess you thought your night was going to be over last night when the games were canceled from the earthquake? You know, I was trying to figure out how to write something interesting about actual summer league when Kawhi bailed us all out. So actually, I really appreciated it last night. Yeah, <laughs> it was that trade was more interesting than the Lakers summer league game. That's true. I mean, I saw you were sending out photos, Bill, of LeBron and Jason Kidd, you know, having their side conversations, you know, LeBron and Anthony Davis hanging out like it. It felt like we were just going to have more of the off the court soap opera. But then last night's news broke. What was your what was your reaction just to the news itself, but also just the Lakers place in it all? Well, my initial reaction was um, was I thought Woj had been hacked on the Paul George part. I was, I was actually on the phone with my editor and I said, I, I feel like this is that, that Woj has been hacked. Um, and then the Paul George thing obviously came to light and started to make a little more sense, I suppose. But from a Lakers standpoint, um, you know, the initial reaction was, was something that I'd kind of been warning about throughout um, the first week of free agency, which was that by, by making this, making this play to add a third MVP caliber superstar to this roster, the Lakers were playing a very dangerous game, and it was a and, and it was the worst case scenario to to have this drag on as long as it did to watch as many good players come off the board as came off the board in you know the first week of free agency, but especially the first day, and for the Lakers to not be able to act on any of them because they'd been given that glimmer of hope on Kawhi. So then it became a matter of how were they going to salvage their off season, and that's kind of where we are today, where we're seeing okay now we know what the Lakers roster looks like by and large, and. You know, I think, you know, um, probably in a vacuum, you can talk yourself into DeMarcus Cousins and um, and Rajon Rondo and certainly Danny Green, who's probably the best of the bunch. But, um, you know, it's all going to be a matter of how it fits together as a team. 
And Bill, this is one of these questions too that's that's been thrown at us for you know all day. Basically, well, who else would they have gotten? And obviously, we will never know. But I think you know once you get past Green. It's the opportunity, I think, to you know, kind of put that roster together in a way that's more coherent. I mean, frankly, Danny Green was only available because he was waiting on Kawhi. Right. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, they they got lucky there. So you know, according to Pincus, um, and you know, I'll trust his math more than any of ours. Uh, sure. The Lakers might have you know a nine to nine to twelve million left. You mentioned some of the guys that they brought in. You know, they have Jared Dudley. They brought in Troy Daniels to you know as a bench shooter and things like that. Is there what do you think they can do with that remaining money? Do you think they'll go out and sign someone else? Is it a matter of trades? What's available? I mean, at this point, they have twelve guys on their roster, so I don't know. Um, you know, I don't. I don't know that there's a lot more to be done. I feel like we. I think. I think that this is going to be more of stuff done on the back end. You know, dealing with the Alex Caruso um, uh, restricted free agency. Same with Jonathan Williams. I think. You know the Lakers might go into the season not you know all the way up to the salary cap and and that's and that's fine that is something that is is allowed under NBA rules um, but you know I'm I'm curious to see how all the math works out on this as well because we knew the Lakers could have 32 million up to 32 and a half million dollars in spending power in the off season but that you know assumed a lot of things in terms of order of operations and um, also you know that included rescinding the qualifying offers to. Um, Jonathan Williams and Alex Caruso, something I don't think the Lakers have any intention of doing now. So that's a few million dollars that no longer um, would be available in, in cap space. Uh, so I'm not entirely sure what is being accounted for in the various estimates you're seeing on Twitter and and in different places. But I mean, I think you know the Lakers have not locked themselves into any bad contracts here. Um, you know the you know the short their short term or low or low number deals. Um, and so, you know, it, I think it's been a fine save. I think it's been an okay salvage of the of of the off season. But you know, it also puts them in a position where they are going to have a lot of cap space again in the very near future. Um, and you know, are you building real continuity here with with LeBron outside of you know, obviously Anthony Davis is expected to be a long term piece. You know, you don't know where you're going to get into Marcus Cousins and Contavious Caldwell Pope, who has a lifetime contract from the Lakers. Yeah, <laughs> but at least it keeps going down, Bill. With each passing year, like the money keeps going down. You know, the, the, the average, the average on this is getting a lot better. Like if I told you that you could have Contavious Caldwell Pope for four years, forty-six million, um, that maybe feels a little more palatable than one year, eighteen, one year, twelve, and so on. Yeah, by the time two thousand twenty-eight rolls around, <laughs> and he's on a league minimum playing with Bronny James. He's going to seem like a steal. I prefer to talk about Danny Green. Um, but <laughs> I so like. Where are the Lakers in the Western Conference? Because, you know, the Clippers obviously have just made themselves significantly better. Utah has done some great stuff. Houston's still Houston. Portland has, you know, been very active. Where does the LeBron, Anthony Davis, and we're not quite sure fit in with the way very, still very good West? It's a great question. And I think, you know, Thanks, I think the reality is that the Lakers are, um, well, and you're not the only one asking it, Brian, so you can't. <laughs> Although I do. No, no, Bill, I am pretty sure I'm the only person who has asked the question of where are the Lakers in the Western Conference? Are they any good? Um, you know, I, I think I think the reality is that this is a team that could be could be worse than a lot of people um, expected when it came around to the July 1st and they had $32 million in cap space and, and Anthony Davis and LeBron James. I mean, this 
right now, you know, not knowing where DeMarcus Cousins is physically, what he's going to look like, you know, in year in his second year off of the Achilles injury, not knowing what LeBron looks like at you know going into you know age thirty five. Um, you know, this is a team with probably less upside than last year's roster, but certainly um, a better veteran core, and obviously, you know, that's that 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 crucial second superstar. Um, the problem is that the Lakers aren't the only team in the West with two superstars, and and frankly, they are a lot thinner in terms of depth than a lot of than a lot of teams in the West. The Clippers are deeper, the Blazers, Jazz are deeper, the Nuggets are deeper. Um, Houston, like you said, is Houston. So I think you know the Lakers might really could find themselves anywhere in that four to seven range in the West, um, which is obviously a tremendous tremendous upgrade from what we've seen over the last six years when they couldn't even sniff the playoffs. But it's also still not not where uh, it feels a little it feels a little disappointing. It feels a little disappointing. Davis alongside LeBron James. It feels a little disappointing. You're listening to KSP in Los Angeles, Bill. What do you think is just this? This news over the last 24 hours, the way it affects the Clippers and the Lakers, just does for the NBA in LA and everything, and like what we're about to witness and where these franchises are. Well, I mean, I, you know, I, I think I think Brian had a great a great piece today in the Athletic about the end of Lakers exceptionalism, and I, I think I think you know the idea that you know the Lakers have always believed that they would get things done because they were the Lakers has always been there, and we've we've heard that time and again. You know, if not from the organization itself, certainly from its fans, but also you know from Magic Johnson, and and certainly just in the the way the Lakers behaved, that the Lakers deserve to win championships, and it it will sort itself out. And you know, I think we saw with you know, over the years the free agents who have, have declined the Lakers' offers have certainly dented that, and this is certainly the biggest um, blow that you know. And someone else made the point; I can't remember who it was, and I think it was one of you guys that you have you have two guys who grew up in Southern California. During the Lakers' heyday, when the Clippers were, you know, maybe fun with, um, you know, Keon Dooling, Quentin Richardson, there he smiles, but certainly not contenders. Um, and the Lakers were dominant, and they still chose to play for the Lakers, you know, at the peak of their own of their own power. Or excuse me, the Clippers at the peak of their own powers. Um, that does speak to certainly the way um, the Lakers and Clippers are viewed by people who have been paying, you know, keen attention to the organization throughout their entire lives. So yeah, that, I think that point was made by me, Bill. Right. It's very salient. I, we're on fire today. I, I know. I just, I just want to tell people that if you are not paying attention to what the Cam and Evans <laughs> about the Lakers, you're missing all the, all the good insight and all the, um, the well thought out, uh, rational takes. But, um, I think, you know, I know we've talked for a long time, like, will there be a rival, a basketball rivalry in L.A.? Can there be a basketball rivalry in L.A.? And Clippers fans, or excuse me, Lakers fans will, will insist that there can't be a rivalry until the Clippers hang banners. But I'll tell you, I mean, what we've seen just over the last, you know, 15 hours to me feels like there's a lot of bad blood suddenly between these two fan bases. I mean, there has to be. How can Lakers well, fans not because Bill the, Kawhi the, Leonard with the ut, uh, utmost contempt? If he had gone, did Kawhi he, Leonard he chose the Clippers. He, he didn't go back to Toronto, Bill. He chose the Clippers, and nobody chooses. But this is what I was kind of getting out of that story. It's in, like, I, I, to my knowledge, there's no indication necessarily the Lakers leaned on history in Hollywood to sell Kawhi. You know, I think they tried to put together. And really, it was LeBron and Anthony Davis that had to sell him more than anything else. And I think the Lakers front office, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong, based mostly had to prove that they weren't a tire fire. Like everything is okay over there. Um, but like it's 
it's this notion, and it's probably healthy for the Lakers, I think, in the long run, to have this idea of exceptionalism blown up for good because what made the Lakers exceptional before wasn't anything weird or you know preordained by the by the Lord. It was because they were run by remarkably competent people, um, and that's what and it had made some good fortune along the right? way, a lot of luck, and but every team gets good luck. Yeah, that's what will make them quote unquote exceptional again. Um, and it's it's probably healthy for them to not think they're that special relative to other teams. They're not Charlotte, but you know. This I think this is helpful for them in the long run. I mean, sure. I mean, I, I, I still better I have Kawhi for, Leonard, for, but for, 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 <laughs> I, I applaud you for making that point to Lakers fans one day after they lose lose out on on a franchise altering free agent. But um, I had I to think, write something, Bill. It's contractually, <laughs> contractually obligated. I, I, do, I do think, though, that you know the question really becomes where does this leave the Lakers? You know, over the course of you know what remains of the of the of the LeBron James, you know, era, you know, is this truly a title contender? Is it okay if it's not, if this is a team that, you know, is able to, you know, be competitive in the West and, you know, be in that top half of the Western conference, is that, is that good enough? And I, I think the Lakers would tell you it's not, but this, this team right now, I, I don't think is, is going to, is not, is not going to be able to leapfrog all those teams that we've discussed in the Western conference. And the thing that's interesting, and I, and I'm sure we'll hear about this at some point this season. I'm just dead certain this will become a story. Anthony Davis is going to be a free agent in 2020. And I know that he came to the Lakers with the expectation of, of being here long-term. But that will, at some point this season, cause some sort of um, of narrative drama within the organization, which is not to say um, – you know, that he's going to leave. But I, I do think that they, they needed to go into this free agency with a healthy fear that they could lose Anthony Davis if they miss, if they mishandled this summer. And so I think that there's a lot of pressure on this, on this, this roster that we are now seeing more or less to its completion, um, to, to have a pretty high degree of success and for, you know, LeBron James to, you know, make all the necessary moves, um, to, to empower, uh, AD and, and keep him happy and make him want to want to be here long term. Bill Orham covers the Lakers for the Athletic. Has a great piece up, uh, by the way, about just the risk that the Lakers took in this whole thing. Great, I mean, it, was, it was it's solid. No, I mean by Bill's standards, right. it's great. I mean, it's it's readable. I okay, think. guys, I gotta go. <laughs> Thanks for having me on your on your on your little radio show. Yeah, I mean it's I mean it's it's sentences. Uh, follow him on Twitter also at Bill Orem uh, for real great Lakers and check coverage. out the smoldering picture of yeah Bill it's Orem really it's quite the headshot man it's a really great shot of Bill alright thanks Bill thanks guys alright 877-710-ESPN we'll take more of your calls we'll go back through this roster issue and talk about where the how good is this Lakers team because it's a fascinating question and one we'll be chewing on for a while Kamenetsky Brothers ESPN LA